Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 339. And tonight, we are recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 218, The Sitter Cancelled. Mind you, uh, this is the latest episode of Night Vale, but it came out almost exactly two weeks ago. Yeah, so we're very late, but that's all right, because we're still sticking with our schedule. So and that's what's important. Yes, indeed. Okay, so as you can tell from the title, uh, Cecil has their son Esteban with them in the studio today, because uh, the sitter got accidentally dragged to a torture dimension, I think. Yeah, it was a Bloody Mary incident, you know, stared into a mirror, oh. said Bloody Mary three times, which Cecil is like, you've got to get dragged into a hell dimension on your own time. Mm, it's true. It's true. Uh, but he says, don't worry, you won't even notice that Esteban's there. And of course, we have listened to this podcast before. We know that that is a lie. Yeah, that is absolutely a lie. Esteban will be interrupting all the time. And I have to say right off the bat, it was so soothing every time Cecil reacted to some interruption from Esteban, because there is zero trace of impatience in his voice Every time. I'm not sure how the voice actor managed that, but it was just like, that is exactly how you want someone to react so that you cause no stress whatsoever. No, exactly. It was wonderful. I just listened to him. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so first news that we get to today is, you know, of course... Dr. Lubell, having murdered Sarah Sultan of Smooth Fifth Size River Rock by explaining away her existence, um, the town is in an uproar and they want the university to be thrown out and they want Lubell to be arrested. Yep, and the city council is not going to do anything because they say they want to remain impartial, but Cecil figures that they're probably afraid that she will explain them out of existence. And I thought, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's probably exactly what she would do. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, there's a mob that's going to be taking matters into its own hands and they're starting to head towards the university and Oh, oh, Esteban, do you need something? Oh, you want a snack? Oh, and then he starts listing all these different items. And I got to tell you, pumpkin spice beef jerky and flaming hot Cheerios both sounds like things I would actually eat. Yes, maybe not necessarily something that a child would eat, but there was no reaction from Esteban. So I think Cecil's only concern was that he get as many Cheerios into his mouth as he gets on the floor. Mm, yeah, I, he's probably a losing battle on that one. But I think so. Starts to go back to what he was talking about, and he can't remember what he was talking about, so he just moves on to the next thing. Right, which is the Night Vale Medical Board. Uh, nine out of ten doctors think that there's something off about the tenth doctor, <laughs> and it's it's this whole story about the fact that Dr. Wilcox didn't show up to the most recent meeting of the ten doctors, and she never misses a meeting, so one of them went out there to check up on her, and she was standing in the middle of her lawn with her face covered in flies, and she said she's perfectly fine, but the voice seemed like it was coming from the ground under her feet, so the doctor just made up some excuse and left. <laughs> they warned that uh, if she happens to show up in your house, don't panic and don't make any sudden movements. She doesn't seem to like sudden movements. No. Yeah. So it <laughs> reminds me of a, a a cartoon I saw ages ago that was nine out of 10 doctors say, don't listen to the 10th doctor. And it was this drawing mm, yeah. of a dentist telling a patient, now go ahead and put this Tootsie Roll in your mouth and let it slowly dissolve while you sleep. <laughs> 
Yeah, because he said that, and I was like, I've heard that joke before about, you know, nine out of ten doctors say there's something wrong with the tenth doctor. But this story definitely took it to a weird place. Oh, it really did, yes. So the next thing, uh, Cecil is really excited about this. It's town gossip, and I love what he said. He's like, I love gossip. It's like life, but you have to pick sides. And I went, oh, t-shirt moment. T-shirt moment, yes. I absolutely, I'm going to have to start writing all of these down because that was a perfect t-shirt moment. I think that would mm. show up on one of those, um, oh, what is the Twitter feed? Shirts that go hard, I think. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one, yeah. <laughs> so the long and the short of the gossip this week is basically somebody is cheating on his husband. Uh, he has kind of a secret family. But apparently, in the end, the person explained it away as saying that he's a believer in unethical non-monogamy. And I'm like, that's a heck of a phrase. That really is. There are a lot of people that practice unethical non-monogamy. And I am glad we have a phrase for that shit now. Boy, howdy. Okay, so the crowd has reached the university. Uh, the sheriff's secret police are there just in case there's a chance for them to cause some violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's about to say what else is happening there at the mob, and Esteban wants to have a story read to him. So Cecil reads, Good morning, Moon. And as soon as I heard that, I was thinking, fan artists have got to go ahead and start drawing these children's books. But Cecil starts reading these out, and it's like, you know, the moon is out in the morning, and it's freaking me out. I hate you. <laughs> it's just so that's, that's pretty brutal. much the tone of the whole thing. Very quick and kind of yikes. Yeah, it said something along the lines of, like, I would kill you if you would have the decency to die or something. <laughs> it's like, it's freaking mean. Oh, my goodness. But he finishes it up and goes right into a test of the emergency dream broadcast system, if this was a real emergency. And then he goes on to describe this dream about being in a bathtub that's also the Atlantic Ocean and a wave coming that's going to destroy the world. I mean, it was a really good description of exactly the kind of dream that you could imagine having. Yeah. And then he finishes up with is what would have happened if that had been an actual emergency. So I, I think I would like to have the emergency dream broadcast instead of like just the emergency broadcast. It's so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. After that, we had an audio jigsaw puzzle, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, it was Cecil describing some decrepit mansion out in the desert, but it's all been chopped up. So you can hear the music kind of skip a little bit as you hear the different segments. I really, I want somebody to put that together into the actual broadcast. I wonder if that does fit into a real description or if they just read some random sections and messed with the music a little bit. I could see him doing either thing, but... Okay, so the crowd has entered the campus and LaBelle is there with her armed guards and it's getting really tense and... Oh, what's that, Mrs. Run? Oh, you want to play a game? Oh, what game do you want to play? Oh, you've made up your own game. Oh, you want to play... Who's in the crawl space? <laughs> Cecil lists a bunch of people, and whoever it is, they've been down there for a long time, but he's not able to guess it, and we don't ever find out who it is. Nope, he gives up and goes straight into the community calendar. Yay, I love Yay. a community calendar. So today is the day of reckoning, which means there's no exact measurements. So if somebody asks you for something, don't give them exact amounts. Just keep reckoning. <laughs> That was so cute. <laughs> um, Wednesday is a haunted house at the senior home. He thought it was a little gauche to have it this late. I mean, Labor Day was a long time ago. 
<laughs> but apparently a few people at the senior center have died, so there's some ghosts that are kind of making problems, so come to the haunted house, and if you see a ghost you like, take it home with you. Oh my goodness. You know, I had uh, Thanksgiving dinner with my friends across the street, and their mom, who I believe is 87 now, she was there, and honest to God, I mean, it's a thing that happens. They talk about moving into different apartments, because they had some openings, because some people died, you know, <laughs> or they have some stuff to get rid of that nobody needs anymore, because some people died. I mean, it's, it's that's life. It becomes but, kind yeah. of commonplace, I guess. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Uh, Thursday is a birthday party in the woods. So BYOB, which means bring your own body in the woods. In the woods, yes. Um, Friday, the man who sits in your living room and shouts, thank God it's Friday, who you don't know, and you didn't ever invite him here. Well, he's going to be taking the week off. So enjoy this temporary reprieve. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, Saturday is a dog show in the dog park. Dogs are not allowed in the dog show. People are not allowed in the dog show. I mean, it's the whole thing that we used to hear all the time about the dog park, except it's the dog show. Now. Yeah, I actually wrote down Saturday dog show, no dogs, yada, yada. Yada yada. <laughs> the usual. Yep. Okay, and um, Sunday is backordered, and Monday has been stolen. <laughs> they can keep Monday. That'd be fine. If you want to steal it, I'm not going to report you to the police or anything. Uh, okay, so unfortunately, the attack at the university has fallen short. The mob has been forced back, and she says something, Dr. LaBelle says something like, you know, no one can stop me in this house. We believe in science. And it's really way more threatening than you usually hear it said. Yeah. And she says she is going to discover everything about this town and that her presence there is inevitable. And uh, oh. yeah, so and it's getting kind of violent. And then, oh, wait, Esteban wants another story read to him. So Cecil decides to take us to the weather while he deals with that. Yes. And the weather was rotten by Missouri Surf Club. And we liked it this week. We did. But the lyrics are really unsettling, I think. I mean, it's kind of, mm -hmm. kind of poppy, you know, bouncy sort of music. But it's something like... You can blame it on the weather, but your heart is frozen cold. Tell him your mouth's covered in cobwebs. They're stretching across your teeth, but he won't seem to mind kissing you anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was all about rotting and about, you know, he'll, if he finds out, he'll throw you out in the yard and the birds will pick your bones. I mean, it's a creepy, but it's got such a cheerful poppy kind of sound. It to does. It. Yeah, that's going to go on my playlist, I think. So we get back from the weather and you'd been saying how it'd be neat if fan artists would do these children's books. I was picturing what this next children's book would look like. It's all about a bunny who says he's going to run away from home and his mother is saying, I'll come and find you. And then it's all these different scenarios. Like I uh, will go down into the earth where it's, the stones melt because of the weight above them. And she says, if you become the stones, then I will become the molten core and spread my heat to you. And all sorts of scenarios like that, that do get progressively more creepy. Yeah. Like if he becomes a spaceship, she will become the concept of vacuum. If he becomes an old car that used to carry a family, but now it's just a skeleton, she will become rust and eat him alive. <laughs> it's, it's so, and then, you know, the little bunny finally does give up, but it's, it stays unsettling for the entire length of the story. Yeah, yeah. But I could really see, like, I could see you doing it either completely cheerful illustrations that never look awful at all. It's just the writing that is so creepy. 
Or I could see it having some pretty creepy illustrations yeah. as well, like oh, at the very yeah. end when the, the mother says something like, have a carrot, and he did because he had no choice. He never had any choice. I could just see the expression on the tiny little poor bunny's face. I'm like, oh my goodness. But yeah, it was very cute. <laughs> and um, Cecil has finally gotten Esteban to lay down for a nap, So, but he's going to take some pictures of him to uh, share with Carlos. Oh, and we forgot to mention, Carlos couldn't bring... Esteban with him to the lab because he was working on a, quote, dangerous experiment, which Cecil says is Carlos is actually trying to make a viral TikTok video. So he's doing Mm. a lot of practicing and dance moves. So that was why Carlos wasn't here. But Cecil didn't mind the whole time. I mean, even at the very end, he was getting ready to take a picture of how cute his son looks when he's napping and just like, so good night, Night Vale. Good night. (laughs) It's so cute. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, and um, they did actually say that the attack on the university has definitely failed, uh-huh. but that, you know, Night Vale is going to get justice. They're going to try it again. And then he talks about, you know, getting the picture of Esteban. And then he says, you know, stay tuned for the cutest little snores ever interspersed by angry townspeople demanding justice. <laughs> it's a very quick, fun little episode. Yeah, I just, neat. I think they nailed every segment. Yeah, I love the tone the whole way through. It was very fun. So what I wanted to mention is I've watched three episodes of the new Wednesday show. Oh, really? You just watched one the last time you mentioned that. So I guess it's pretty good. Um, It's definitely easy to watch. I think the first episode is super solid. And after that, I think it kind of settles into a more stereotypical teenager drama comedy relationship type thing, you know, and amongst everything else that's going on, it's like, oh, who does this person like? And who does that person like? And here's a little message about living your life and everything. And it's it's fine. I think it's kind of fun. I will tell you in the first episode. So Wednesday has been sent to this school and she doesn't like it and she's very grumpy and her very cheerful roommate is showing her around on her first day and introducing her to a lot of the different factions because there's like there's the vampires, there's the werewolves, all that. And this guy comes up to talk to her roommate and he's just kind of like looks a little laid back and everything and he's got like this head wrap on and a little snake kind of comes out of the head wrap at one point, kind of looks around a little bit and then goes back up into the head wrap and he catches sight of Wednesday and he says something like, oh, you're black and white. You're like a real life Snapchat filter. <laughs> her roommate <laughs> kind of drags her away and she says, ah, Gorgons, they spend way too much time getting stoned. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I will give a lot of props to a show just for a line like that. I, really I don't care. So that gives me a bit of an idea of what this show is going to be like. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, Every, you know, pretty much every mythological creature you can imagine is there's some of them at that school. So it's kind of fun, but it's very tongue in cheek. I mean, it's this is the Adams family, you know, it's spooky, but it's also kind of kooky. Yeah, I think you would describe that to me earlier as the Vampire Diaries, if the Vampire Diaries was a comedy. Yeah, I could see that, you know, and it's got... It's got a little bit of a CW feel to it, you know? I mean, I know it's Netflix and everything, but it's it's definitely, yeah, it's, I think it's interesting so far. Like I said, I thought the first episode was very solid. And after that, it seems to have settled into, I think, what it's going to be for the rest of the series. Some bits that work better than others in places. Um, she plays the cello, and I think they actually do a pretty good job of filming around the fact that she's most likely not a cello player, but, you know, not every show can do that. I think they do pretty good with her. Cool. 
Well, uh, the only thing I have managed to watch is we finally watched another episode of The Sandman, uh, episode Ooh, eight, yes. Playing House. And oh, yes. they are diverging more and more from the original comic book story. And I'm actually enjoying that because I have no idea where they're going to be taking this. And I did <laughs> think it was very interesting that Morpheus has been a lot more of a sympathetic character to start out with, but he's becoming a bit of a jerk in this episode. And it seems to be aligning a bit more with the kind of cold and not very caring Morpheus from the comic book. You know, he yeah. he was supposed to be helping Rose, but as soon as he got what he wanted, he left her behind, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Um, the nightmare that was keeping Rose's brother, like like tending to the dreams, that's definitely different because yeah. in the original comic book, the nightmares were what had made that horrible living situation for Jed, specifically so that things would be so awful when he was awake that he would just retreat to dreams at any time that he possibly could, so they would have a dreaming that they could rule over. Different here. And uh, yeah. Morpheus did not really look very great in this, the way he treated the nightmare, because the nightmare didn't want to be a nightmare. She actually wanted to be something that he could give people comfort, like what she was doing with Jed. Yeah, there's more to come in that story. Oh, certainly. good. So, yes. Well, I figured yes. they probably wouldn't leave that there. But yeah, yeah. yeah but all yeah, of it, yeah. very interesting what's happening with Lyda Hall and her husband, who's also in dreams. I'm liking all of the characters at the boarding house where Rose is staying. And the fact that we yes. got to see Barbie's dream. I love that. That was exactly right how they portrayed oh, that. Perfect. With, with yes. Barbie wearing her, you know, special sunglasses, wandering in a princess dress, talking with her friend, uh, Martin Tenbones, I think. So yep, all of it, great. I'm just like sitting here clapping my hands. I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> I went back and reread some of those issues after I watched the episode. So many beats that she would see. You're like, oh, they included that. Oh, be darn, they included that too. It's very neat. But you know what? I went back and in the original book, they don't explain how Lyda's husband died, I don't think. It's just he was just there in the dream. I, yeah, I almost think it was one of the nightmares had arranged that to bring him into Jed's dream because as a ghost. And then yes. she was able to come along with him because all of this was part of their plan to create a dreaming that they could rule over uh, away from Morpheus. But... Uh, her husband was a superhero, I think. And I didn't think so he too. die in battle or something? But they don't ever actually so. make it explicit? No, because she was a superhero as well, which is something I forgot. I mean, she is like terribly, terribly strong in the actual story. I don't know that she's that strong. They haven't really... They haven't really shown that here, have they? No, it's been they a while well since I watched the episode. So she's just been a friend of Rose, who's mourning her husband, who she somehow seems to be able to talk to in dreams. Yeah, mm. there you go. Only other thing I wanted to mention is I am literally forty pages away from the end of the final Scholomance book. I am surprised that you're able to like do this recording without reading that. Isn't that oh, just man. amazing? I mean, the stuff that you were finding out about the enclaves and how they work is oh, just God. as I, every time I read that, I was just like, Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. It's so, Oh, it's amazing. And it really does. I think I didn't read all of your review cause I didn't want to be spoiled, but I know I saw something where you're like, you find out some information and it literally changes everything. I mean, I got to the bit where she shows up to 
protect this one enclave that's being attacked and you get the realization of exactly what it is that's attacking it and why it's attacking and what's been happening this entire time. And I was like, since the first book, since the first book, it's all been, all of the information was there. Everything that she has been told what was it? The prophecy about her. Mm. It's all true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yep. amazing how she did that. I don't. I don't yeah. know how she came up with all this. I'm. I'm really kind of sorry that this is like the last of the trilogy. I'm hoping maybe she decides to write another trilogy. I don't. Yo. I. It's, I hope she does because I'll definitely read it. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. If you guys haven't checked that out, it's really. It's very dark. It's super, oh, super it dark. is really dark. Bad yeah. things can happen to people. Yeah. It's kind of like if Hogwarts. You know if like the actual school would occasionally eat people <laughs> <laughs> yes oh boy this is about as far from a like light and fluffy hogwarts as you can possibly imagine and have it still be a school for magical children mm-hmm. oh my goodness but I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. We're almost at LA Comic Con. So um, Lauren and Natasha will be there taking photos for us. Um, any other conventions coming up that you can think of? No. Um, the, whichever one of the Oak City or uh, Bull City Comic Cons that happens in the fall, they had just like a quick one day one that Nathan and I weren't able to go to. But I think they're going to have full size ones next year. So I think they were still being careful, cautious. I can definitely appreciate that, but I'm determined to finish that Emojibot costume so I can wear it one time after working (laughs) on this. I know, seriously, after all that. After all that. Because we went to the um, the flea market on Saturday and I found a set of real deer antlers that I'm going to be working on making into another costume. And I'm telling myself, I haven't finished the last costume yet. (laughs) You do not need another project. I don't need another project. I've got another project. Yeah, that's that's the way it works. <laughs> anyway, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So next week, we will have Laura Olympus. We are on schedule for that. Uh, probably a more detailed discussion of Skullomance. Maybe we'll have a spoilery discussion about Skullomance. Yeah, you know? It feels like it needs one. Yeah, I think so. And probably more Sandman, too. And maybe more Wednesday and whatever else comes across our plate. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
Yeah, I think you had mentioned earlier that this... Sorry, let me try that again. Yeah, I think you had described it to me earlier as the Vampire Diaries... You know what? I'm going to try that one more time. Sure. 